your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. We were mentioning before the break, St. Patrick's Day is what we're all looking forward to at the weekend. But how much do we know about St. Patrick, the historical figure and the legacy and the history and all of that? Well, you can learn more about his life and how Limerick has celebrated St. Patrick and the day throughout the years. It's a new exhibition the life and legacy of St. Patrick is happening at the Limerick Museum in the city and the curator of the exhibition, Dr. Zara Power, joins me in the studio along with the Limerick Museum curator, Dr. Matthew Potter. And you're welcome, both of you. Thank you very much Thank for uh, coming in. Um, so where do the ideas, are then come from for this exhibition? Well, I suppose really we just wanted to mark the celebration um, and we have a lot of uh, artefacts in our collection pertaining to it. Also, things like temporary exhibitions, they give us a great opportunity to showcase what is in our collection. So we have one of the largest collections um, of any local authority museum. We have 65,000 objects. So um, temporary exhibitions like this give us a fantastic opportunity to rotate items and showcase all the fantastic things in our collection. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose, Matthew, the evolution of St. Patrick, the day itself, the fact that it's now even a public holiday, all of that uh, has some remarkable Limerick connections, doesn't it? It does, of course, yes. Because um, while St. Patrick's Day became a religious holiday um, in 1631, it didn't become a public bank holiday until 1903, 1904. And it was too Limerick politicians who lobbied to have St. Patrick's Day made a bank holiday. And these were James O'Mara, who was a, a Limerick man, proprietor of one of the city's four bacon factories. He was MP at the time for South Kilkenny and the fourth Earl of Dunraven. So the two of them lobbied the British government to have St. Patrick's Day declared a bank holiday. And uh, they did so. And um, the uh, Bank Holiday Ireland Act of 1903 made uh, St. Patrick's Day bank holiday. Now that didn't come into effect until 1904. So the first year, in fact, that Patrick's Day was a bank holiday was 1904. But it's to Limerick men that we owe the fact that Patrick's Day is a bank holiday. Thanks very much to them. Exactly. It's great. Yeah, very much so. We'll all be happy with that. <laughs> exactly, come, yeah. come Friday. <laughs> uh, and, and Zara, you know, for a subject as enormous, frankly, as St. Patrick and history and legacy, I mean, how do you go about curating an exhibition like this? Um, well, of course, you have to keep the story in mind. So you're all, always trying to tell the story and narrate it. So uh, relevant artefacts to different, I suppose, aspects of the story. Um, one of the artefacts, actually, I have here. Yeah, you've brought, brought something, something with you. You with have your us. special gloves on as well. Exactly. Um, so this, this item here, um, so for the viewers, so they can material, they can visualise it. <laughs> sure. Um, it's a tin box and it depicts the Countess of Limerick. Um, it's green and it's appropriately enough covered in shamrocks. So in 1900, Queen Victoria uh, deemed that the Irish regiments uh, henceforth should wear a sprig of shamrock on St. Patrick's Day to honour their bravery in the Boer War of 1899 to 1902. So this inspired the Countess of Limerick then to set up a fundraising initiative, essentially. So her idea was that um, shamrock would be packaged in Limerick. Um, it would be then put into tins such as this. And it is a very beautiful tin. It's I think lovely, yeah. to. 
um, and then they would be posted to London for sale for uh, St. Patrick's Day. So it was very modern in the fact that they also set up pop-up shops across Bond Street in London to sell. Um, so it was like the forerunner to what we'd call pop-up shops today. And, and isn't that fascinating? Because you will see the Irish Guards, the British regiment, exactly uh, uh, in their own St. Patrick's Day. They normally get a royal visit, don't exactly. they? And then wearing the green. Exactly. And so the this is exactly where Isn't it comes from. So it was Queen Victoria that started this and it's gone on since. Um, so Kate Middleton now usually hands out the shamrock. Right. And, and so, and lots of other vignettes like that in this exhibition at Limerick Museum, Zara. Absolutely. Right. Um, so what's going to happen then? The launch is tomorrow. I assume it'll run for a while, will it? It will run till the end of March. Lovely. And uh, the exhibition has a lot of objects uh, relating to St. Patrick's Day in Limerick. One of the most interesting objects actually is a kepi, which is a French-style cap that actually we're not certain yet what the provenance of it is. But uh, the French army was so um, influential in the 19th and early 20th century that its headgear was uh, copied all over the place. But we're actually thinking it might be a cap belonging to an Irish regiment during the American Civil War. But it could also be more prosaically belonging to the local fire brigade because the kepi was widely worn by fire um, services in Britain and Ireland in the late 19th, early 20th century. And then I presume the phenomenon of parades themselves, you know, they're, they're relatively recent, are they? They are. The actual modern St. Patrick's Day in Ireland is really only an invention of the 1950s. And in fact, it was the Americans really who started the whole concept of having big parades in St. Pat- for St. Patrick's Day. And they took off from the middle of the 19th century. But the modern, I mean, if you look at Limerick, for example, the first really modern St. Patrick's Day parade in Limerick was 1954. Before that, you had the Boy Scouts used to march on their own from 1929. The military used to march on their own from 1944. And there was a big parade in 1932 for the uh, 1500th anniversary of um, of St. Patrick's coming to Ireland. But the, the regular annual Patrick's Day parade involving floats and Boy Scouts, Girl Guides, civic groups, sporting groups. That really only started in 1954. And then the band parade then was started in 1971. And of course, that's unique to Limerick. And it was a gentleman called um, uh, um, Imbush, was, was his name, Kevin Imbush. He started, he was working for Shannon Development. And he reckoned that each marching band from the United States would have about 50 members. They would then travel with their parents, teachers, mentors, all sorts of people. And this would be a tremendous way to attract people uh, who had marched in the parade in Dublin to take part in in this particular parade in Limerick. So it has been a great success over the past um, 50 odd years. Yeah, we were only chatting about this on the coffee break last Friday and uh, talking to people who had actually featured in the International Band Parade and in bands over the years. And and they were saying that there's probably more that could be made of the modern international band parade. It is happening, it's happening on Sunday. But maybe there's a, a way of further rejuvenating it. Um, well, possibly, yeah. I suppose to go segue off in another direction slightly, uh, a very famous band that owes its um, his oh, first yeah. ever public appearance was um, U2 um, in 1978. Not, I hasten to add, in the band parade, but um, <laughs> the, the Civic Week was a festival that had been established in 1972 by then Mayor Gus Driscoll. And was associated for many years then with uh, Fergus Quinlevin, who ran it. And that has, is the forerunner now of our Patrick's Day Festival, uh, which is still flourishing, of course. But in 1978, 
there was an event held. It was called the Limerick Civic Week Pop Group Competition and held in the Stella Ballroom. And um, the winning t- uh, 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 the winning band was a young Dublin band called U2, and they got a first prize of five hundred pounds at the time. And but what was so funny about it was the well-known Limerick disc jockey Michael Ma- McNamara, Mickey Mac. He spoke to them about the band uh, and he said to them, he congratulated them on their win and he said, you know, it's not a great name for a band if you don't mind me yeah. saying so. Because but, I think they had changed it. I think Mickey Mac was telling us that story at one stage on the show here and they were at the hype or something like that's that. That's what they were yeah, called, yeah, right. the hype. Yeah. Yeah, and they that's switched right. and he was kind of going, oh, I'm not so sure about that, lads. That's right, yeah. yeah but yeah, listen, yeah. these things happen, don't that's they? That's right, yeah. And Zara, was it an enjoyable experience then to put the St. Patrick's uh, Day uh, exhibition together? It is. It's always an enjoyable experience to put any exhibition together. Um, and it's a privilege to be able to work with artifacts such as this as well, of course. Uh, what made it extra nice is that we also have artwork by local school children. So the children of the, the pupils of Sean Trad National School Adair, um, they did, they made artwork depicting, um, the life of St. Patrick and all of the various legends associated with him. And they really did an absolutely fantastic job. And it really makes the whole thing very colourful mm. and vibrant and exciting. So all of that artwork is on display as well. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of gloss days happening in schools uh, around the city and county this week as well, celebrating it, which is only right. So the launch is tomorrow, is that right, of the exhibition? That's correct, yeah. At 2.30. 2.30. At 2.30. In the the Limerick Museum in the Franciscans. And then people get the opportunity between now and the end of March to go along and learn a bit more. Absolutely. And we're open on Saturdays now as well. Who are you? Yeah, so we're open on Saturdays now from 10 to 5 and we take a break from 1 to 2. Right. And Zara, you were saying 65,000 items. That's right. But but where where are you putting them all? Well, we we're, we have a, a lot of items in storage, but in fairness, most museums would be like that. Of course, you know, it would yeah. be the norm that the bulk of it. Somebody said a museum is like an iceberg. There's only the tip of it is above the the surface. But what we're doing now is because um, we, we, Zara has been working with us now since last October, so we're we're able to do a lot more now in the museum, and um, we're going to start rotating. Um, items in the permanent collection mm-hmm. as well so that w- the various items that haven't been on display will be on display but as Zara says of course the temporary exhibitions such as as the one that she has um, has has, 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 has um, produced will actually enable us to showcase other items from our very rich collection exactly Fantastic. Well, look, you know, this will definitely encourage people, I think, to get along and experience the Limerick Museum for this St. Patrick's Day exhibition, but for the wider exhibitions and the permanent collections as well. And uh, we uh, hope that that is the case over the next few days and weeks. And thank you very much, both of you, for, thank you for coming in. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a very happy St. Patrick's Day as well, happy wherever St. you are, Patrick's whatever Day. you're doing. Many happy <laughs> Thank you to Dr. Zara Power, who is Assistant Curator of the Museum and Curator of this exhibition, and uh, also a Thank you very much uh, to Dr. Matthew Potter, who is the curator of Limerick Museum. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.